Welcome to episode eight of the Dynasty Dreamers podcast. I'm your host, Joe Galloway. I'm joined as always by my co-host, Luigi Federico. Hope everyone's as excited for the NFL draft as we are. Collectively, we are the Dynasty Dreamers. We go to bed thinking about Dynasty. We dream about Dynasty. We wake up thinking about Dynasty. You get the picture. Ladies and gentlemen, we're available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts in addition to YouTube. On today's show, we're going to be tackling an impromptu uh, NFL mock draft. Uh, We're going to discuss the Dynasty implications uh, as well as hopefully do a trade or two here and there. Uh, Luigi, uh, this was kind of your idea. Tell us what you're hoping to accomplish here. So just like what you said, I think there could be uh, some high dynasty implications as to landing spots for some of these players. And I just think it was going to be a good idea to not really show our favorite landing spots, but where we think these players will go. And I think doing a mock draft is the best way to go about it. Yeah, we haven't really talked in depth about the rookies yet. That, that hasn't been a, a, one of the choices that we've decided to go with any of the episodes as of yet. So I think this will be a good introduction into diving into some of the dynasty relevant players a little bit. We are planning on discussing rookies in length after we get landing spots in the NFL draft. Uh, so we are going to do that here in a few weeks after the first round, or probably after the second and third round. Uh, but with that being said, uh, the rules are going to be pretty simple. I'm going to go odd, take the odd number picks, and Luigi's going to take the even number picks, and we're going to try to do the entire first round. We may have to split it up into two podcasts. We'll see how how time goes uh, with that. Uh, as far as trades go, we did discuss in length if we were going to allow trades, and we have come to an agreement that the only way we'll allow trades is if it has dynasty implications. So, in other words, if a, if a team's trading up for a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, or tight end, we will allow it. Other than that, no moving up for Will Anderson or Jalen Carter or any other stud defensive players on the board. So, with that being said, we're going to kick it off. Uh, we did this very dem- democratically. Uh, the Panthers pick w- with the first overall, so I decided I was getting the odds. So, uh, as I've said before, this is the one pick that we kind of have talked about on the show, Luigi. Uh, My guy right now that I hope that Carolina takes is C.J. Stroud. Uh, I I do like Bryce Young quite a bit. I would not be upset if they took Bryce Young, uh, but mainly because of the – that I have the two of them so close – guess the tiebreaker for me is kind of C.J. Stroud size advantage over Bryce Young. Uh, I'm not really a big believer that C.J. Stroud can't be a a good player in this league because of his size. But if you've got a couple of guys that you rate similarly, why not take the guy that's that's got more of an NFL body? That's kind of the way I'm tackling this pick. So with the first pick in the Dynasty Dreamers NFL mock draft, the Carolina Panthers select – uh, C.J. Stroud, quarterback, Ohio State. So at 102, Houston's obviously looking to go quarterback there. I don't think there's any chance that they don't take a quarterback. And obviously the best quarterback available is Bryce Young. Uh, I think he puts that team, I don't want to say as a contender, but definitely as the Jags' uh, rival in the division. Yeah, and to expand on Young a little bit, I, I said quite a bit about C.J. Stroud. The, the one thing that 
is has intrigued me that came out just a couple of days ago is that Bryce Young had one of the highest cognitive testing skills at the combine ever. Is that correct, Luigi? Did did you not read the same thing? Yeah, he had it was there was uh, I think five total quarterbacks that had the same score as the highest, and so he's one of five quarterbacks ever. So that that is intriguing to be. I yeah. I, lo- I like smart quarterbacks. I I'd love to have some Peyton Manning uh, action going on, but behind center, but uh. You know, I really think this is one of those situations where Carolina and Houston kind of couldn't lose here. I, th- I think there's two really good prospects at the top, and I kind of hope that we can talk Houston into trading for one of the one of the two of them. Uh, so that moves us on to the third overall pick, which is owned by the Arizona Cardinals, and the Arizona Cardinals is where most people think this draft is going to get interesting this year including myself, and I think you would probably agree with that, Luigi. Yeah, I think with all the talk of Carolina potentially trading back, I don't think they're going to trade back. I think I think they're going to pick their favorite quarterback, which I believe is C.J. Stroud, and then I don't think Houston even hesitates to put in the Bryce Young card at 102. Right, right. So that being said, the Arizona Cardinals consider the Indianapolis Colts their most likely trading partner, so – they're coming uh, to you, Luigi, to find out if the Colts are interested in trading for the third pick, and if so, what their offer is. I don't think Indianapolis trades up to three because I think they view Will Levis or Anthony Richardson to be pretty close to equal. I don't think they have one higher than the other, despite the most recent news of having five-plus executives be at a um, Will Levis workout. Um, so I, I think they're not willing to give up any draft capital to move up one pick when they're moving up for a guy that they're pretty much guaranteed to get at 104 as well. Okay, so after being rejected by the Colts, the Cardinals GM is going to have to make a trade with himself. <laughs> and go talk to the Tennessee Titans uh, general manager, who the Titans are heavily rumored to be in the market for a quarterback. And let's be honest, they should. Ryan Tannehill has definitely lost a step in my opinion. Is he even rostered or on, in a contract? I believe he's still, he's not a free agent, is he? I'm pretty confident in that. Yeah. Huh? Well, either way, they badly need a quarterback. <laughs> uh, we're just going to not even look that up. Cause I don't care. Yeah. Tannehill does not matter. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Malik Willis may have been, the worst quarterback I've ever seen play a game of football last year. Uh, it was that bad. So let's be honest. For the Cardinals to move off of, in this in this situation, Will Anderson, it's going to take a nice package. So Carolina traded a first, essentially two firsts with D.J. Moore, uh, a second, and what else was it? A third, maybe? Yeah, there was a third, a second, and two firsts, essentially. So I, I think it's going to take a similar package for to move for, for to eleven to three. I don't think quite as much. So what what I've decided to go with here: the Cardinals are going to trade the third overall pick to the Titans for the Titans' uh, number eleven overall pick for the forty first overall pick in this year's draft and the seventy second pick in this year's draft. And a second round pick next year. So they're essentially going to give up a first. Sorry, did I say a 2024 first? No. I did not say that. No. A 2024 first, 
the 41st overall pick in this draft, the seven, the 72nd overall pick in this draft, and a second next year. That feels like it's a little bit more than what you said for Carolina. Well, but I'm pretty DJ sure. Moore equates to a another first. So. Well, yeah. So it was the it was the ten. Two firsts, if you include the DJ nine. Moore as a first. The nine, excuse me. Two firsts, if you include DJ Moore as a first, a second, and a third, right? Right. So the difference is a second or DJ Moore. So I think that is a little less, uh, but but not quite. And and let's be honest. I do think that there are some NFL general managers out there who do view Anthony Richardson and Will Levis almost in the same tier as uh, Stroud and Young. I, you you know that there are GMs out there that do that. So maybe it is a little too – maybe I take a third off, but I think a first and two seconds is definitely not too much to ask. So to recap that trade, the Cardinals are sending the 103 to the Titans in exchange for the 111, a 2023 second, and a 2024 first. And with the third overall selection, the Titans will take quarterback Anthony Richardson of Florida. Uh not a lot to say about this pick. I personally don't agree with it, but this is what I think the Titans will do. I'm not an Anthony Richard guy, Richardson guy. I'm not in for a guy who was, isn't it, am I correct about this, sub-50% completion percentage in college, Luigi? Yeah. Uh, he's a complete and total project. And please, 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 Carolina, do not take this guy with the first overall pick. Uh, so uh, the Titans take Anthony Richardson. It feels like to me that the Titans just traded a first and a second for a little bit better version of Malik Willis. That's just my opinion. I, so it's hard to imagine he'll be that bad. Well, I said a little bit better version. <laughs> yeah. um, I do think that if they trade up, Anthony Richardson is their guy. I don't think they're going to trade up for Will Levis. Uh, I don't think that they're going to be able to trade up for the 101 or 102. So I think trading up to the 103 is the only scenario that they'll be able to trade up to get a quarterback. They definitely won't be able to trade into the 102. That's that Correct. A divisional rival. Right. So, and the Panthers sure aren't going to go back to 11 after no. after going up for nine. Unless Tennessee offers them five firsts or some craziness like that. Uh, but uh, – it, it, it's really interesting with Richardson. Could we be in for a surprise like we were last year with Levis and Ritter and, and, and Matt Corral and some of these guys that people kept saying, people were talking about these guys as top 10 picks, like not just one or two people. There were many people saying these guys are going to go potentially in the top 10 in the, in the first round. And they ended up not going to the third. Could we see the same kind of, of situation with Anthony Richardson, or is the hype just too much at this point? I think the hype is too much. I, I think it's it's possible that he doesn't go top 10, but I don't think he makes it out of the first round. I, I think there are too many quarterback needy teams and the hype around him. I would completely agree with that, but I feel like that it was a such a huge shock that Willis got out of the first last year. I don't think there was the same hype surrounding Willis as there is Anthony Richardson. People are talking about Anthony Richardson potentially going one-on-one, and I don't remember that happening with Willis. Well, no, a lot of that was because Jacksonville was at the one on one. So that that happened. Well, even then, I don't do think I don't think anybody even said Jacksonville might trade out to a team that wanted. Yeah. You know, like like in this in this situation, I think it is pretty much guaranteed that a quarterback goes at one on one, and nobody knows if it could be Anthony Richardson or not. 
Right. I know you don't want to as a as a Panthers fan. I don't think he deserves to go one on one. I think Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are better quarterback prospects than, than Anthony Richardson. But if, if you ask me, am I 100% confident if Anthony Richardson is not going one-on-one, I would be able to tell you I'm not. Yeah, me either. Let's just move on before I chuck here. <laughs> <laughs> so with the third AFC South team in a row at the Colts, with the 104, I am taking Will Levis. Uh, the Colts obviously need a quarterback. Uh, I think they would have been perfectly fine taking Will Levis or Anthony Richardson here. I don't think there's any way they trade back. Uh, and they go and get um, their their quarterback. Um, I I think Will Levis is probably going to be a better NFL quarterback than Anthony Richardson, so they probably got the better of the two. But let's say, let's pretend to the Titans straight up and took Will Levis. I think Anthony Richardson still goes in the top four. And, you know, I really think somehow, some way, that these four quarterbacks are the first four picks off the board. Uh, someone's going to trade with the Cardinals, and the Colts are going to take whoever's left. I, yep, I agree 100%. I really believe that's how it will start off. So with that being said, the Seattle Seahawks sprint to the podium. They already made their statement about their quarterback situation about a month ago whenever they re-upped with, with uh, Geno Smith. Smith. Uh, I'm not sure that I 100% agree with it as a long-term plan, but the Seahawks do. That's pretty apparent, in my opinion. Uh, it's two years. You never know. In long term, they may be taking a quarterback next year. Well, they definitely decided they weren't going to get muddled up in the mess of this year's quarterback situation. Yeah. So they take the what is considered the best prospect in this draft at the fifth overall selection and continue to laugh all the way to the bank from that Russell Wilson trade because this was actually Denver's pick. Yeah. So – uh, Edge, Will Anderson from Alabama going to Seattle with the fifth pick. So with the 106, the Detroit Lions on the clock, uh, I think their biggest need is uh, an interior defensive lineman. And while your immediate thought is going to be that I'm probably taking Carter, I think the Lions are going to pass on him because of all the controversy off the field and they will be selecting Kalija Cansey out of Pittsburgh. That's uh, not one I was expecting. I, I, I feel like there's a few defenders on the board I expected you to go with over that one. Well, he led all interior, defense, uh, interior defenders uh, this past fall in pass rushing grades, so I feel like he knows how to get to the quarterback, and there's not a lot of controversy surrounding him off the field. So I, I just – I think he's probably the third or fourth best defensive lineman in the draft. And Anderson's already off the board, and Carter is – who knows where Carter's going to end up. Right. Okay. With the 107, Las Vegas Raiders is the favorite team of our friend Tyler McPherson uh, that we discussed in the last show for in the Who Cares League. Uh, him and I have talked in length in the past about how the Raiders just constantly miss on draft pick after draft pick after draft pick. And I think a lot of that is because sometimes they don't make logical team need draft picks, feel like that they go away from their needs quite often and just, I don't really think take the best player available because a lot of times 
the players they take aren't really highly touted. Who, who was the offensive lineman uh, a couple of years ago that they took insanely early and everybody kind of laughed at them? I don't remember his name, but I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm about. talking about, right? The other one is I'm drafting um, the edge out of Clemson at 104 a couple of years ago. Oh, the, yeah, I know who you're talking about. I can't think of his name. Uh, Clinton Farrell? Yeah, Cleveland Farrell, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it just seems like that they're constantly going best player available, but not really knowing who the best player available is. They're rolling a dice on their on their uh, draft board and saying that guy right there. <laughs> so with the Raiders, what I would do, they have signed Garoppolo, so they they're they're pretty much out of the quarterback con- contest for this season. Uh, maybe they could go after a guy next year, or the year after, to eventually get Garoppolo out of that starting position, but. You know, it doesn't hurt to go ahead and start building around a young quarterback that you don't have yet, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. So why not take the best offensive lineman in the draft, at least the projected best offensive lineman in the draft, and take tackle Peter Skaronsky out of Northwestern? Yeah, I definitely feel like if they're going offensive line, that's the player to take. Um, I think he's... He's pretty high up there in terms of um, offensive linemen prospects that we've seen probably in the last five years. So I, I think he's one of those can't miss guys um, that really you can miss on, if that makes sense. Like he, he's that highly touted that a, a team is going to be very happy to be able to draft him. So at the 108, the Atlanta Falcons are on. Well, the- just a second. The New York Giants and the Kansas City Chiefs have both requested a audience with the Atlanta Falcons in regards to the 108. And both of them would like to know what the Atlanta Falcons would take for this pick. She said the Giants and the Chiefs. Correct. I would be interested in discussing something with the Giants. Okay. The Chiefs probably weren't going to do it anyway. It's not yeah. really their style. It's but not. They just wanted to, you know, hear what. Are they? Are they just that interested in a wide receiver there? Well, I mean, I think I'm that interested in getting them <laughs> <a wide receiver laughs> there. for fantasy purposes. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes and JSN. Oh God. <laughs> uh, so the Giants. What are we looking at? Um. Well, with how far back the Giants' pick is, mm-hmm. is that twenty-five to eight? Correct. That's going to need to be pretty similar to the package, maybe even a little bit more, that the Cardinals received for the 103. So the 125, 2024 first, the 57th overall, and New York's 2024 second. So two firsts and two seconds. Essentially. Did you take a third in 2024 instead? No. Okay. No. They're they're pretty happy with getting a guy there, so they would need a pretty massive overpay, I would say. Done. <clears throat> well, I hate that I just gave a division rival that much draft capital. Yeah, you did. So, so the Giants have moved to the 108, and with the 108, they will take wide receiver Jackson Smith, in Jigba from the Ohio State University. So this is simple. 
the Giants have not had a good wide receiver since oh, no, Odell Beckham. <laughs> and that's going on four years now. Danny Johns has shown some improvement, albeit with not much around him. Uh, we've talked in length on this show about how Justin Fields needs more weapons, and some people think that Lamar Jackson needs more weapons. And I'm not sure that anyone needs more needs weapons more than uh, Daniel Jones. And could they sit there at 25 and, and, and get a decent wide receiver? Sure, they could have. But I think uh, they'll be getting the fourth or fifth best wide receiver there. Yeah. Out of 25. I, I would tend to agree with that. And I think that what really solidified this for me is whenever uh, I've been kind of on the border between JSN and Quentin Johnson as my wide receiver one. And it wasn't anything that JSN did that kind of pushed me over the top. But whenever Quentin Johnson had a less than desirable 40 time, I don't, I don't think the 40 time was a huge, great big deal, but it was, Less than I was hoping for. Let's just put it that way. And the fact that apparently he couldn't catch any footballs at his pro day, uh, that was a huge problem. This really solidified JSN as kind of the top tier wide receiver by himself, in my opinion. So I think the Giants would be very wise to make a trade like this to get a guy like Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, JSN is the only prospect outside of, I would say, CJ Stroud and Bryce Young that I would say, oh, Will Anderson as well, that I would say, if you really want the guy, open up open up your bank. Hand, hand me a blank check because he is going to be a, an amazing wide receiver. I don't know if you saw the um, coach that was talking about his favorite wide receivers that he's coached at Ohio State. But number one was Marvin Harrison Jr. And number two was JSN. And he had Garrett Wilson at three. So, Well, in fairness, Garrett Wilson had already been drafted. He's going to say things to help out the guys that haven't been drafted. Sure, sure. But he was talking about in terms of ability and play style and just willingness to be coached as well. So you're right. A little bit of it was probably – him boosting up the draft capital in his, you know, two most recent wide receivers, Marvin Harrison will probably go next year. But still, even if he is Garrett Wilson, I, I think this is an amazing trade for uh, the Giants to move up and get and a wide receiver. The, the Falcons too. Because they need a lot of help. They need the a lot of draft capital. Yeah. Uh, but to, to be able to move up and get Danny Dimes, a wide receiver who – is the favorite to go to be the first wide receiver off the board. I think they're willing to do whatever it takes to get in there. So that brings us to the Chicago Bears with the 109 team that did, did the trade with the Panthers to, to move them up to the 101. And if I'm the Bears and things fall this way, I'm scrambling at this point because my plan going into this draft was to give Justin Fields weapons so we can. I can find out if he's the guy or not. Even though I don't believe he's the guy, I think the Bears are very much still undecided, which is why they traded out that first overall pick in the first place. 
But what's happened to you, the two picks right before you got on the clock, the best offensive tackle, which you desperately need, went off the board with Skronsky. And the best wide receiver by a decent amount, in my opinion now, went off the board at the 108. So you've gotten the best, best pass catcher, which they probably still need despite the DJ Moore trade, and the best offensive tackle that have been sniped right up from under your nose. So there's a couple of ways to look at this. You could, A, go with the best player available, and there still is a blue chipper or two still on the board uh, because we've only had one defensive guy selected, two, two, excuse me, as of right now, but the Lions reached for their guy. So, <laughs> uh, or you could settle for the second best t- uh, tackle on the board. Uh I don't think the Bears do that. They have so many holes everywhere. I think this team just needs to take probably best player available. And Paris Johnson uh, played guard in college, if I'm not mistaken. He played guard last year, and this year they moved him to left tackle. So that would be a little concerning for me for a top 10 pick. Not that I don't think that that he can be, uh, you know, successful in the league, because it's happened before plenty of times. But I think uh, with Skaronsky off the board and JSN off the board, I think that they're just going to take Jalen Carter, who I still believe is a blue chipper, who I think, although what he did was very unfortunate for the individual who passed away, I think that there's a lot is being made out of, of such a thing that I think that quite honestly, most of our children would have probably been involved in as well. And I, I think, some of the negative uh, publicity he's getting is a little bit unfair, if I'm being quite honest with you. So with the 111, I'm sorry, with the 110, excuse me, the Philadelphia Eagles are selecting Tyree Wilson, um, edge out of Texas Tech. I think he's the best defensive player available that they need. And I think that honestly that they probably trade back in the draft, um, but with us agreeing to only be trading up for fantasy relevant players, I don't think anybody's going to be trading up to the 110 to draft a fantasy relevant player. So I'm just going to stick with Tyree Wilson to the Eagles. Okay. So that puts the Cardinals back on the clock, and they have picked up a couple of some draft capital. Uh, picking up an extra first and a second. And obviously they would have rather had Will Anderson that's anybody that's than anybody that's left in the draft. But they have a huge need at the cornerback position as well. Huge need. And there's there's a, actually a couple of guys that I would consider if I was them here. But I, I'm going with, with the uh, guy from Oregon, Christian Gonzalez. Uh, Six six foot one and a half and 197 pounds is the biggest reason why I'm going in that direction. Uh, you know, Porter's just as big though, so that's that's interesting. Uh, I, I I don't like Witherspoon over either one of those guys. If I'm being perfectly honest with you, so uh, not knowing an extreme amount about the difference between the two of those guys. I'm just going to take the top guy on the board. So at the 112, the Texans are back on the clock after having selected Bryce Young 
at the 102. Um, their biggest need is going to be, other than wide receiver, uh, defensive line. Um, and I don't think that they take a wide receiver here. I don't think there's a wide receiver worth going this high besides JSN. And obviously he's off the board. And uh, my co-host just kind of looked up at me and probably thinking Quentin Johnson, but I'm not a Quentin Johnson fan. I don't think at this point I would take him with a 12 overall Yeah, pick. I just don't think – I don't think there's a wide receiver. I don't think another wide receiver will go probably till 14 or 15. Um, and, and I think that's even going to be a stretch as well. Um, so I'm going to be taking Luke Van Ness, um, edge out of – Iowa. Uh, I think he's, I think he's super close to Tyree Wilson in terms of ability. Uh, I put Tyree Wilson just a little bit ahead of him just because of his size. And I, but I, I think it's quite possible that we could be looking back at our mock and saying, why did I not take Luke Van Ness instead of Tyree Wilson? Right on. So, I don't have much to add to that other than what I think the Texans will try to do desperately with this pick. If JSN is off the board, uh, I think they'll try to move back. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I, and I think there will be teams that are def, def, defense needy or maybe trading up for the tackle out of Ohio State, uh, Paris Johnson. I mean – that's that's a probability that people will be trying to teams will be trying to trade up for those type of guys. So uh, with the 13th overall pick, the New York Jets. I'll be brief here. They're going to take best player available. It also happens to be a position of need. They're going to take Paris Johnson Jr., the offensive tackle out of Ohio State. Uh, I think this will be exceptionally important. Sorry, especially important if they end up getting this Aaron Rodgers trade done, which we all expect is going to eventually happen. Yeah, I agree. And their offensive line really isn't that bad. And adding Paris Johnson, even if you consider Paris Johnson to be a left guard, I think that just increases their – Pass, you know, passing blocking ability. I think this is the team that needs to take a guy like Paris Johnson, who has that may not be as good of a tackle as a guy like Skronsky, uh, but has more versatility because let's they they don't necessarily have to have a tackle, whereas the the Bears they, they badly need a tackle. Yeah, definitely. So my New England Patriots are on the clock. Uh, many people expect them to go wide receiver here and knowing my Patriots I know for sure that they are not going wide receiver here (laughs) so with the 14th overall pick the New England Patriots are selecting Brian Branch safety out of Alabama the reason I decided to go safety is with McCourty retiring recently it kind of opens a need for somebody over the top and knowing Bill Belichick, his love of Alabama players, um, Brian Branch is considered the top safety in the draft. And as an Alabama player, that's who Bill Belichick is going to be taking. So that puts the Packers on the clock with the 15th overall pick. And the Packers are curious if the Eagles 
or the Cowboys or even maybe the Ravens are interested in moving up into this pick. Are any of those teams interested in moving up to the 15th overall selection? I think the only one that would realistically be interested would be the Cowboys. Uh, but I'm pretty set on this, on just sitting and waiting to see who falls to them. Because they could really go one of three ways with their pick. Uh, and I don't think they need to force it. Um, even though I, you know, I've seen some rumors that they are willing to trade up for a potential running back, that would absolutely make everyone uh, have a great night. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but I, I don't think, for the sake of this mock, I, I don't think I want to do anything. Okay. Uh, in that case, the Packers are forced to stay put, and they are really unhappy about that. Uh, so they're just, uh, they need to take a tight end or a wide receiver. I mean, put honest, but I feel like that there's such, I don't know that there's any top end left at either position. If I'm being completely honest with you, uh, even whenever Michael Mayer was kind of considered the guy for so long at the tight end position, I think that there are multiple mock drafts and, and, expert opinions out there that are telling us that there may be two or three guys that are in that same tier as mayor, uh, Kincaid, the kid from uh, Georgia, Washington, I believe is his name. I know Washington. Yeah. And I think the biggest reason is because NFL doesn't care about fantasy. You know, if we're looking at a fantasy True. tight end, I think it's mayor and it's clearly mayor. Sure. But we can't look at it from that. Standpoint. That's what I'm saying. Right. So I, I think that there are three, maybe even four guys ahead of him in terms of um, the complete NFL package. Yeah. So kind of don't think the Packers would, would go wide receiver or tight end here. I feel like that they would wait to take their wide receivers and tight ends, their playmakers in the second and third round. Cause let's be honest, they always do that. Uh, so I think I'm just going to go with best player available here. Let's get a – you can't ever have enough rushers. Let's get a Miles Murphy to edge out of Clemson. Not a whole lot of thought on that. Just kind of one of the best players available left on the board. And uh, Edges are going to be running out here before too much longer. Let's be, let's be honest. They're getting kind of thin already. So, 16th overall, Washington Commanders, um, one of their bigger needs outside of probably quarterback is uh, a DB. And with Devon Witherspoon still being on the board after him having one of the best uh, college seasons for a cornerback we've ever seen, um, we're going to go with Devon Witherspoon at 116. So that uh, puts me up with the Pittsburgh Steelers with the 17th overall pick. And I, I, I am one of the few out there, I think, who really believes that uh, Kenny Pickett is going to be a good quarterback in this league. Big Kenny Pickett guy. I don't think there's a lot of us out of there, out there. And for that reason, I think that, Pittsburgh needs to get him some help. Now, there's a couple of ways they could go here. They probably, their biggest need on offense is, is offensive line help. 
so I am considering that. But there is a wide receiver who played with Kenny Pickett in college, albeit it was a couple of years back. Uh, but they had a pretty nice connection. And Pittsburgh already kind of showed last year that I think that they're very willing or very happy to bring the in-house Pittsburgh University guys in because a lot of people were critical of that Kenny Pickett pick, if we're being quite honest. So I'm going to uh, go ahead and take, with the 17th overall pick, Jordan Addison, wide receiver from USC for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I love that pick. And the reason I love that pick is I agree 100%. I think the Steelers will have seen the trend going where teams who have drafted their quarterbacks are also drafting a wide receiver from college. Joe Burrow and uh, Jamar Chase, uh, Tua Tagovailoa and Jalen Waddell, even Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith. I mean, you've got three guys, three teams right there that have a quarterback and wide receiver that played together in college. And those are three of the better quarterbacks in the league. Top 12, let's just say. So if yeah. Pittsburgh really wants to give him some help, I think that is the guy that they will be taking because I think the chemistry is already there. They had their best season in college together two years ago. Yeah. So at the 18th overall pick, the Detroit Lions are on the clock. And and I, I honestly do believe this is another spot that teams will be trying to trade up to. I think Detroit is willing to trade back. I don't think they're willing to trade out of the first round, but I think at, towards the end of the first round, I think they're willing to trade back. I agree with you that, that, they'll, that they'll want to trade back, but who, <clears throat> what, who's, who are people coming up for at this point? Um, there's, there's still a cornerback. There's still a defensive lineman who I am actually going to be taking with um, Detroit. Um, these are these are probably the two guys that are the tier break, or even if you want to trade up for a Dalton Kincaid. If, if a team is just that high on Dalton Kincaid. But I I think Brian Breesey is probably a guy that teams would be wanting, who I am actually taking for Detroit is Brian Breesey. Um, but I, I, I just think that they will shop this pick around, and if it is reasonable, I think they'll move back from it. I think there's going to be a ton of teams in this area trying to shop picks. I just don't know if we'll see a lot of – a lot of trades. I think after after the top 10, 11 so picks, this draft kind of gets kind of all the same. It kind of gets all the same in terms of receivers, but not in terms of you defense. Think? No, I, I think that there I think there's one or two more players on defense before a tier break. So if teams are really desperate to get those players, they'll this is where they'll be trading up is right around here. So I'm up next with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers really need a quarterback badly. Uh, they were so desperate that they signed Baker Mayfield to be their starting quarterback. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure that I believe in this guy this early, but I'm not sure that Tampa Bay will be have an opportunity for the last of the what is considered the the top tier of the quarter. And not, he's not even that he's top tier, but the second tier, or however you want to say it, this is clearly the best guy left at quarterback. And the next guy may not get taken to the third round, for being quite honest, maybe the fourth. 
so this may be a bit of a reach, but I actually think there's a good chance we can see this happen. And uh, I see the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers taking Hendon Hooker out of Tennessee with this pick. We'll also say that I could very, if they're able to, I could see Tampa Bay trying to put, trade back six, seven, eight, nine picks and take Hooker later. But I really don't think there's going to be a lot of trading in the middle part of this draft. I don't, I don't, I don't see it. So uh, I've seen a lot of uh, mock drafts that actually have Tanner McKee going above uh, Hendon Hooker. And while I don't agree with that, yeah, <laughs> I, I think that there is a small possibility that a team like Tampa Bay may be willing to let it slide until their second round pick to take a guy like Tanner McKee or even trading up into the early second round to take Tanner McKee. So I actually agree that Tampa is probably going to take hooker. Um, for those of you listening in my uh, Pokemon league, you'll know that I traded into the last pick of the first round with Tampa and took uh, mm-hmm. Hendon hooker in that, in the mock draft that we did recently. So I'm a, I'm a huge fan in that team being Tampa trading up or even just taking Hendon hooker with their 19th pick. So with the 20th overall pick, um, Seattle is going to fill a pretty glaring need. The the Buffalo Bills would like to talk to you before you make this (laughs) play. The Buffalo Bills would like to know if you will take a 2023 second and a 2024 third plus the 27th overall to move up to this pick. Yeah, they would do that. They would do that. Okay, I'm going to make a whole lot of people happy here. And with the 20th overall pick, the Buffalo Bills are going to select Bijan Robinson, running back out of Texas. Oh, boy. I, this just makes too much sense to me. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think them or probably Dallas would be the only two that are, would be willing to trade up. Um and I didn't want Dallas to trade up. So well, and the reason sense. the reason why I thought this was the right spot to do it with either one of these teams with this team is because even though I don't buy it, there's been a lot of hype about the Chargers taking B. John Robinson for some reason. Yeah. I don't really buy it, but if if the Buffalo Bills believe that for whatever reason, and you also got the Cowboys that are a pick ahead of them. And even the Ravens, I think, could be in play for Bijan. Mm-hmm. This seems like the right time to move up seven spots. Like we said, there's a lot of the same now, so I don't think the Seahawks would want too much. Too much, no. Is why I offered mm-hmm. a, just a second and a third. And I, I think – I know this is a running back, but if he's as good as everyone says he is, this seems like a trade that the Buffalo Bills would be dying to make. I think even if, even if he's – 90% of where we think he is. I think Buffalo is still going to want to do this. They're, they're going to hope that he is what the, the hype is. But even if he isn't, I still think they're satisfied. It's a second and a third. I mean, the second could turn out to be something. It's probably going to be a later second. In, well, it's 2023 second. Oh, yeah. Then it's definitely a later, later. second. So. Right. right. But the third could be, you know, I, I think you, you, pick third, up a really? second, you pick up a second and a third to move down seven spots. And honestly – there's a chance you get the guy that you were going to take anyways. Right. Or even if I don't, I think 
the position that I was taking it. I think there's two or three similar guys yeah. at this point. So I think Seattle is more than happy to pick up some draft capital moving down to pick up a guy that they are going to take anyway. <laughs> you can really see it, how we would probably be as real NFL GMs. You just kind of sit there and made your picks, and I'm like, I want to move up. <laughs> I want to trade. I want to get my guy. More trades. <laughs> Which is kind of actually different than what I do in actual dynasty. I'm kind of the trade back and and sit and wait and make my pick guy. But but it's to me it's different in this NFL draft because I'm trying to win Super Bowl, baby. But uh, yeah, so that uh, that brings me up with the Chargers uh, with the 21st overall pick, and the Chargers may or may not be pissed that Bijan just got sniped from under them. I, I personally don't think there's any chance they're going with Bijan. I think they're going to make it work with uh, Austin Eckler. Eckler for one reason. Uh, who's going to trade for Austin Eckler? Who's going to pay that contract and give them the draft capital that it would require to, to get there? Well, and I mean, the contract is only one more year. You got to remember that. Right, right. For Eckler. So I'm going to. Mm. It's if, tough. This if, is a tough spot. If they had not re-signed Keenan Allen or kept Keenan Allen, restructured his deal, I think I would be going wide receiver here. And I'm still considering it. But I feel like that Justin Herbert is just going to make it with what he's got. I'd Like I said, I think Eckler's going to stick around. I think this team could could use an edge to put opposite of Joey Bosa. So I'm going to take Nolan Smith, the edge out of Georgia. So that puts Baltimore on the clock. Baltimore is in an interesting situation because there are a couple of corners on the board that they would be more than happy to take. Um, there's wide receivers on the board that they'd be more than happy to take to pair with Rashad Bateman and Mark Andrews for whoever their quarterback is in the future, whether it be Lamar or someone else. Um, and even if you decided to uh, draft more offensive linemen for whoever your quarterback or running back is in the future, you could do that here. Um, for the sake of fantasy purposes, I think I'm going to go wide receiver here, uh, and I'm going to be taking Quentin Johnson. Um, whether or not it is Lamar or somebody else, throwing the football, I think Quentin Johnson is the right type of wide receiver to be in Baltimore. This is exactly would would be the death nail in Quentin Johnson for me. <laughs> I, I, he, he started as a guy that I was considering as him and JSN about the same. And then, like I said, after his pro day, I was like, okay, Jason's clearly my guy. And the landing spot in this offense with Lamar Jackson as quarterback would really probably almost put him out of the first round for me in, in, in rookie mock drafts. So I, I kind of hope this doesn't happen because I, I, despite the terrible pro day, I, I think Quentin Johnson does have some talent. I still think there's a little bit there, but uh, yeah, this this would not this this would be like Rashad Bateman a couple of years ago. And, and I think I think the reason why I am doing it is because I think they're going to try to satisfy Lamar as much as they can, 
and they're probably they're, I think they're taking a wide receiver there. I don't think they're going to go any other position. Maybe, maybe, maybe an offensive lineman. But I, I think Lamar having somebody else to throw the ball to in their minds might help him decide to stay in Baltimore. And I just think Quentin Johnson is the type of wide receiver that he needs um, yeah. to help him improve as a passer. All right, Minnesota's up to 23rd overall pick. Minnesota, I think, ideally would would like to take either a wide receiver or a cornerback. And I think at this point, they probably don't want to take any of the wide receivers left on the board. Uh, maybe probably didn't want – wouldn't have taken anyone other than Addison or JSN for some reason he had gotten to them. Uh, could you imagine Jefferson and JSN – working together. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to take the uh, big physical corner out of Penn State, Joey Porter, six, two and a half. That's what I'm talking about, baby. <laughs> that's how – that's the size. That's a grown man. That's a grown man out there <laughs> covering, covering wide receivers. That's what you need. And uh, some of these guys that play Minnesota are probably going to wish that Porter was, was bodying Jefferson on the other side. So uh, we're just going to – prevent that from happening and go ahead and draft Joey Porter to the uh, Minnesota Vikings with the 23rd pick. So that puts Jacksonville on the clock. This pick is very interesting. To at me. 24. I've kind of gone back and forth on who I think I'm going to be taking here. They could go corner. They could go offensive lineman. They did lose um, their right tackle. I can't for the life of me remember their name, sorry, Jorge. Um, he doesn't know it either. He doesn't know the right tackle's <laughs> name. <laughs> he said he wasn't very good. <laughs> well, perfect. Um, I, I think with Darnell Wright just sitting there, uh, I think he's a type of guy that can help increase protection for um, really a great quarterback in uh, Trevor Lawrence. Um and I think adding to the offensive line will only increase production from uh, Travis Etienne as well. Um, so I'm going to be going Darnell Wright, offensive tackle out of Tennessee. So you're up again with the – actually, you've got four in a row here because of trades. Whew. So you're up with the Falcons here at 25. <clears throat> okay, so – at 25 for the Atlanta Falcons, they have a need at edge. Um, there's not a whole lot of edges left on the board, but the one that is left on the board is uh, Will McDonald out of Iowa State. So that is who Atlanta Dallas Cowboys are on the clock. And there's a lot of speculation that they could go wide receiver or tight end. And with Dalton Kincaid still being on the board, I will be taking Dalton Kincaid, uh, tight end out of Utah. All right. And then let's let's talk. That's that, that's a dynasty relevant one. Let's okay. talk about yeah, that one. Let's do that one. Yeah. Uh, I I just think you know with them losing uh, Dalton Schultz to free agency, they didn't want to pay him what he wanted, and he actually ended up getting quite a bit less than what he wanted from Dallas in free agency. Uh, I do think Dallas probably slammed. Slam signs him for what he actually ended up getting. 
Um, so weird. Yeah, it, it's just he strange was to gonna me. go prove it. Why not go prove it with Dak Dallas? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, 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 and the offense you're familiar with. I guess Dallas just didn't want him. Maybe that. Maybe this is the reason why. Maybe they're playing on taking the tight end. Well, I think they did want him to start, and then whenever he was like, "No, you know, your offer's insulting. Let me go find whatever else I want." You know, let me go try to get more money. Then they're like, okay, well, now you're off our board completely. You know, I, I think if he had just signed the deal that they offered or even countered with what he got from Houston, um, I think they I think they instantly signed him at the beginning of free agency. This is how I see the tight ends at this point. They're, I was the, at the, early in the process, I was pretty much a mayor and, and everybody else type guy. The draft is really going to determine where I see these guys at this point. Kincaid getting the first-round draft capital, and I can't think of very many spots Mayer can end up that would actually make be more exciting than Dallas. After what we've seen what Dalton Schultz done on offense, this this could be the pick that, that puts Kincaid ahead of, of uh, Mayer for me, possibly. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of it would have to do with, like you said, where Kincaid lands. And I think there's only maybe one other spot that Mayer could go that I would rank Mayer over Kincaid. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I do believe that that is my pick. So I very well may take him there. I haven't decided just yet. <clears throat> um, but with the next pick at uh, 27, um, Seattle is is on the, on the clock. And... Uh, Seattle needs a corner, and I was planning on taking a corner at the 20th overall pick before the Bills so graciously offered us a lot of uh, draft capital for that pick, and I will be taking Deontay Banks out of Maryland. So that puts Cincinnati on the clock at 28th overall. Uh, Before them signing Irv Smith, I would have said for sure that they were taking a tight end here. Now I'm not 100% certain. I still think they need a tight end, but I don't think that they're going to use their first-round pick on one. Uh, The other places that they could use help is uh, a defensive back. My only problem with taking defensive backs here is there's not really any left on the board that I would consider to be first-round grades, and I don't think Cincinnati wants to reach. Uh, they could go offensive line, which offensive line has definitely been a need. Um, and the main guy that is left on the board would be Broderick Jones out of Georgia. But after signing Orlando Brown in free agency, I think they're going to look towards defensive line. And um, considering how much the Cincinnati Bengals and myself love uh, the LSU Tigers, I think they're going to take B.J. Ojolari. He, as an LSU fan, he was always in the backfield, I felt like. And I think pass rush was a huge reason why they lost against Kansas City. Um, in the AFC Championship game this past year, BJ Ojolari, you said. Yep. That uh, that seems like a bit of a reach, but I'm not surprised considering it's an LSU guy. <clears throat> I think you'll be surprised. I, I really do think that he'll be drafted here at the end of the first round. 
All right. So that brings the New Orleans Saints up, and I really hate to make this pick. Uh, I have, I've been forced to make the Bucks and the Saints pick now. So I'm going to take the 100th rated player on the board. <laughs> Completely reached for Caillou Blue Kelly. <laughs> Just gets kidding. I'm not going to do Saints that way. <laughs> uh, the New Orleans Saints will take... This is probably going to be a bit of a surprise and probably not exactly what they need. But I think that actually with a lot of the mocks I'm seeing that this guy has fallen about eight to 10 picks farther than where I'm seeing him going in most mocks. I think I'm going to take Michael Mayer here for the Saints. Maybe I'm just trying to be fantasy relevant. I'm not really sure. There's nothing that really excites me here at all. And Mayer's just a guy that I've seen be mocked as early as 15 and quite a few times. So this is almost twice as, you know, this is 29th whenever the guy's being mocked as high as 15. This feels like really good value in the draft today. A little surprised that that's not where you went with the Bengals. Um, yeah, I just, I think adding Irv Smith is a good enough replacement for the likes of Hayden Hurst. And Hayden Hurst was a very solid player for the Bengals. I think Irv Smith has a little bit more upside than um, Hayden Hurst. So I think that's the only reason why I didn't go there is because I felt like they signed a good, good enough replacement uh, in free agency to help them address other needs with their first round pick. Gotcha. <clears throat> so you're up next with the 30th overall pick. Yes. And a host of teams have contacted you, the Texans, the Colts, and the Panthers have all contacted you and wondered what the Philadelphia Eagles would be willing to trade <clears throat> to move back into this, the, Beginning of the second round for all three of these teams, all, all of them within the top seven picks. I think the only reason the, the Eagles would say no is because their biggest glaring need after already drafting Tyree Wilson is an uh, interior offensive lineman. And there's one left on the board that is so clearly high and above all the others. Um, I just think they don't hesitate to, to draft Osiris Torrance out of Florida. Well, and that leaves me with the last pick of, the, of, of this exercise, the 31st overall pick, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the three teams that contacted the Eagles there were all desperately trying to get ahead of, maybe not desperately, but we're all trying to get ahead of the Chiefs because they feel like the Chiefs are going to take a wide receiver here. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. Let's make the last pick dynasty relevant, right? There's, a few guys here that I think that the Chiefs could consider: uh, Zay Flowers, Jalen Hyatt, Kishan Josh, Josh Noah. <laughs> uh, never gonna happen. <laughs> uh, for the sake of this, I think I'm gonna go with Zay Flowers. He's rated a, a little bit higher than the other guys. He's also, if I'm not mistaken, the fastest of those three guys left. 
And uh, we've seen what Kansas City, specifically Patrick Mahomes, can do with a, with a fast wide receiver. Uh, they clearly missed last year with Sky Moore. At least it seems like they clearly missed. Who knows what happens with him this year? But uh, it couldn't hurt to add uh, a pass catcher here. And, and getting the fourth best wide receiver with the last pick in the first round, I, th- I think is kind of a steal. Last year we had, what, seven or eight wide receivers go before pick like 17 or 18. Right. And obviously that class was a better class for wide receivers, but I think another reason why Kansas City does this, and the reason why I think the teams like the Colts, the Texans, and the Panthers will try being trying to move into the back of the first round to get a wide receiver. I don't know if it's so much about getting one guy over another guy, but with the way these wide receiver contracts are going as of late, the astronomical amount that you see these guys getting. That fifth-year option. That fifth-year option is going to become more and more important for these wide receivers, in my opinion. So if you could, you know, move from the end, first beginning of the first round to the end of this, sorry, beginning of the second round to the end of the first round and maybe trade a second or something of that nature, I think it would be well worth it. Probably the reason why it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, and I'll be perfectly honest. I almost took Zay Flowers with the Patriots pick, the 14th overall. Um, I was pretty close to it, uh, but knowing Bill Belichick, I, like I said, decided to, to take a safety. But I definitely think Zay Flowers is worth a first-round pick. Um, I I really do think he'll go above the likes of Jordan Addison and Quentin Johnson. Uh, it's just how the draft fell or how our mock draft fell. He, he went, you know, 31st overall. But I, I also do think that there are going to be some teams trying to trade back, like the Bengals potentially – um, Seattle may decide to trade back. So I, I do think there will be some teams, like you said, the Colts, the Texans, the Panthers, especially look the Patriots. I doubt it, but I can only dream, right. Training back up into the first round to get a wide receiver. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think Zay Flowers makes it out of the first round. I just don't. And pairing him with Patrick Mahomes, it's going to be hard not to rank him as my wide receiver too in, in the draft. Yeah. I, I think that if this draft falls, the way that we're looking at it, uh, maybe Addison. I don't know. I, I still think I have Zay Flowers over Addison at this point. I, I think I think Quentin Johnson could end up being like the fourth wideout, depending on landing spots. It's mm-hmm. going to be really interesting to see what happens in this NFL draft. Yeah, I mean, if, I mean, honestly, if if he goes to the Ravens and the Panthers take a wide receiver, I may rank him even fifth. To be honest with you. Depending yeah. on what, depending on what wide receiver they go with, Ray, the Baltimore does seem to be where wide receivers go to die here lately. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting. But uh, got anything else, Luigi? Before we wrap this up, no, I think that's it for me. All right, that'll do it for the eighth episode of the Dynasty Dreamers podcast. Please leave leave any comments that you have below. Did we like what you did for your team? Did you hate what we did for your team? Do these trades that we made make any sense at all? Please let us know in those comments. For my co-host, Luigi Federico, this has been Joe Galloway signing off.